Right. Let's get started. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Ken Saida's third live webinar. Today we'll be chatting about the three R's, revenue, recruiting, and recognition. My name is Jill Clark, and I'm the Athletic Communications Coordinator at the University of Toronto, and I'll be your moderator today. We have a terrific panel to take you through today's topics, including Angela Barrett-Jewers, Senior Manager of Marketing, Communications, and Events at Dalhousie University, Spencer Murdoch, Sports Information Officer at the University of Ottawa, and Lance uh, Doucette, Digital Media Coordinator at the University of Calgary. Before we get started, I'd ask that everyone ensure they are muted and encourage you to use the chat function to ask any questions you have along the way. Um, our panelists will be discussing, will be discussing uh, each topic for about 15 minutes, followed by five minutes of questions. Um, to start us off, I'm happy to turn it over to Lance from Calgary and Spencer from Ottawa, who have some examples of how to turn everyday content into a source of revenue. Lance, over to you. Thanks, Jill. Um, so to give you a bit of background, um, I understand that revenues are really hard um, topic for us to talk about from a sport information world just because um, it, there isn't often that direct connection between the money coming in and what we do. But um, to give you a bit of context in terms of where I come from with, with this, um, my first full-time job in communications was with the Prince Albert Raiders in the Western Hockey League. And they're one of the smallest kind of markets in the Canadian Hockey League. And they're also a community-owned team. So um, they're in a position often where they're trying to leverage every opportunity to bring in dollars. And I see a lot of similarities between that and where we are right now with the pandemic and the position that a lot of our athletic departments are in. So I think we're in a unique position where sport information can actually have a big opportunity here to try and help our athletic departments move forward into the next stage of whatever next. So um, the first thing I would really recommend is really just having an open dialogue with your sales or your development team. Um, that's one of the biggest differences I had to learn moving over from junior hockey to, to athletics and the college setting is just that um, a development team isn't necessarily just a sponsorship team. You know, it's dealing with alumni, it's dealing with donors. There's so much more to it. So to go to them and just say, hey, like, I think this is a really good sponsorship opportunity. Um, you, you really got to go with some kind of context or information to back that up. So um, that's where I really would recommend getting into your analytics behind a lot of the content that you're creating and, and finding ways to showcase just how valuable what you're doing is. Um, the, the area that I really try to focus on when, when it comes to revenue with content is really just looking at the reoccurring content you're creating. You know, all of our departments are capable of creating these really flashy one-off videos for maybe our big event of the year, but really I think where you're going to find the most success is with content that you're recreating um, on, a, on a cycle. So whether it be awards or an athlete or plays of the week, which is something that we do a lot of, um, recruiting announcements are another example, which we'll talk more about later. Um, these are all things that you're doing that are generating a lot of engagement online that um, there may be a place where a sponsor or another business or partner really would want to be a part of that. And um, there's a ways to align that properly. So uh, I'm just going to bring up a couple examples. I know Spencer has some great ones too. I'll share my screen and kind of just go through um, kind of where we got to where we are with the steps we're taking. So if you guys can see here, so um, the first real dive into um, sponsoring online content came for us with the Athlete of the Week's videos that we started doing a couple of years ago. Um, and I really think this is one of the best examples we have because the student union being a partner for Athletes Week just makes sense. It's athletes, or it's, it's students celebrating other students. 
So uh, it's really simple here. It's basically just um, a logo at the beginning of the video, um, which has really evolved because we, we started with it just kind of up in the corner, a um, bit of an overlay, and it wasn't really having the same success, but um, we added this and, uh, and it's really worked out well. Um, that led to us getting another sponsorship um, with the Hub Calgary. Um, they do our plays of the week. Um, that's a, an off-campus student residence type setup, and um, they've been able to leverage um, this to help them a little bit. Um, this is yeah, an example of what it used to look like with the student union. Um, and then the other examples I have here are just from around our, uh, our awards bank within a year. So last year, like everyone else, we had to go virtual for that. And um, Smileville Dental was a new partner last year for us. And they, they just said they wanted to be part of um, the banquet as a whole. They didn't really have an example of what they wanted to do. And this was a video that I had been creating for a couple of years, just kind of like a misplays of the year um, with all the stuff from our broadcast. And it just really made sense. It's, it's a goofy video that generates a lot of smiles and it, it, it's in their name. And the other example is a, a little more traditional one, um, just uh, Charles Glenn Toyota. They've been sponsored for our coach of the year. So again, um, they're a big partner of ours. And so we had to find a way to make sure they're being recognized and um, kind of the template that we've created throughout the year um, really worked well transitioning into that virtual um, awards banquet type setup. So um, really consistency here between our reoccurring content throughout the year and with that kind of year end celebration that we had. Um, so I'll stop sharing my screen there. Um, so the last things I kind of say on this is that um, just because you've done it before doesn't mean that it should be worth less. Um, you know, just because you're having to go out and make something for a partner uh, doesn't mean you should have to. Um, it should be any more worth any more than the stuff you're already making. Um, the stuff we're already making is the stuff that in most cases is most successful and you're spending a lot of time on. So um, try to make that clear to your development team um, through analytics that these are things that are, are worth a lot of money. Um, and then the other thing I would just say is that, you know, this isn't necessarily to be about just getting new clients in as well. Um, a lot of your development teams are probably just scrambling to try to keep existing sponsors. So if this is something that you can provide them that maybe makes sense that um, is different from a bumper where we may not have fans next year even, um, these are things that you can look at that maybe add a little bit of value to your athletic department. Um, Spencer, I think you have some other examples too. Yeah, thank you, Lance, and uh, hello to everybody. So. I'm going to try to take you guys through a few examples that are more um, centered around team specific social media. Um, that's something that we do a lot of uh, at Ottawa. And I think it's, uh, you get the chance to integrate different sponsors. I think what Lance covered there was some good examples of um, sponsors that kind of span across the, uh, the athletic department. This one would be more so, although some of them do touch um, some of the other teams, but these are more specifically ones that I'll talk about for our men's hockey team. Uh, I'm just gonna try to share this PowerPoint about a couple of points here quickly. Um, all right, hopefully everybody can see that. Um, so the key pieces that I have here are, you wanna work with uh, brands that fill the need for the program. That's a big piece um, that we've, we've kind of been um, with the team inside men's hockey and, and kind of overall and, and how it relates to social media. Um, it's ones that connect directly to the sport um, and integrating those sponsors by using social items that are already being made. I think Lance touched on that a little bit. Um, these are your uh, plays, of, sorry, not plays of the week, um, your score graphics, goal graphics, 
uh, player of the game, those kinds of things. They're things that you probably will do anyways. Uh, and adding some of that sponsor connection in would be, is, uh, is a really good option. Um, consistent presence equals familiarity with the sponsor. I think that that's something that we've had good luck in is people start to recognize because they're seeing it game by game and weekend by weekend through all throughout the year uh, and over the course of the last couple of years, then they kind of just know it's, it's present. It, they're used to seeing it and it's not like, Oh, here's another, here's another ad. Here's another thing. It just, it kind of integrates seamlessly. Um, and there's uh, there's diverse applications. You can do it. Um, you like I said, for some post game graphics or those kinds of things, as well as uh, working it into camps and uh, some of the other activities that you might have, uh, as well as a big piece for us that ties with the working with brands that fill a need is some of these are they're stemming from needing a place to have a, a team banquet or team get together at the end of the year. Well, how do you start that conversation? Hey, listen, like if we can get in for this, then maybe we can give you some love on social media and then it helps out um, that way. And, and there's a few different examples of that with, with uh, value and kind uh, being a part of the deal and it being able to relate to social media. So I'll share a couple of examples here and hopefully this works. Um, I didn't think about this all the way through on how I was gonna flip through these examples. So uh, I might have to unshare and reshare my screen. All right, cool. There we go. So this is a uh, goal graphic. So this is sponsored by Hockey Shot. Um, as you can see in the little uh, gift there, you get the, the logo goal, swipes through to the player, the uh, account is tagged. That is pretty simple for that one. Very similar for uh, Cliff Bar. Cliff Bar final, Cliff logo here, they're tagged. Um, sorry, Catherine, I have to show you this. Um, the uh, it's, uh, you know, you just get, it's like I said, seamless, just kind of tucked away in the corner. And as long as they're good with it and you make sure that the branding is all set, then uh, we've had some really good response from just, they, they like to see it. And if the engagement's high, then that's good for them. Um, similar deal here, Yuck Yucks, player of the game. This is one that's been with the program for, since I came back, I think. Um, you know, just a little logo, make sure that it's in the caption. Tonight's Yuck Yuck player for Yuck Yucks Ottawa, obviously, because it's our local branch. Um, and then they're tagged in it as well. Um, Laser Quest Community Contributor of the Month. Um, that's another one where it's just, you know, you add add a little extra to it, <laughs> you know, add a little fun galaxy stuff. Um, again, Yuck Yucks, most valuable play. These are awards. And I believe that that tied into the fact that their little team awards dinner was, was held at the, the bar and yuck yucks and everything. So that's kind of where they did it. So that's where that tie comes in. Uh, hockey shot again, camper of the day. These are for the summer camps. They get a little hockey shot t-shirt logos on it. You know, some of the guys posing with the, the little kid, some cute, fun content, not going to get you a ton of interaction, but it's going to get some of that prizing out there and, um, and the name of your, your sponsor. This is another interesting one. Uh, this was a barbershop that was donating non-perishable food items for every block shot. Uh, so over the course of the year, um, 140 items of non-perishable food was given and kind of, you know, it's not, it's a local place. So it's just, you know, Joe's Barbershop, but it's a little something to, to help out the community and, and pair with a sponsor. And I'm sure that was a place where some of our guys got their haircut that year. So um, yeah, that's, that's mostly what I want to, to cover is just examples of how it plays into uh, a day-to-day -day social media setup. Um, 
yeah, it's, I think it can be pretty seamless if you're, if you're able to, to have those couple of sponsors. And obviously we're not looking at huge multinational corporations that, that come with a lot. It's just, you know, little things that you can integrate in and it's, uh, some uh, some good activity that they can see on social media and some of your sponsors are going to be your classic you know neighborhood pizza places and those things and you know they might not be looking for social media love so sometimes you can work it in uh and other times it's uh it's beneficial to just uh focus on the ones that want to see some engagement from it and then uh, go from there awesome thanks guys um again i'll encourage everyone to use the chat function if you have any questions along the way I don't see any right now, but uh, that means we can move from revenue on to recruiting. So although we are not usually the salespeople doing the pitches as, uh, but we as communicators play a huge role in recruiting student athletes to our institutions. Lance is gonna present some awesome things he's doing at the University of Calgary. And Angela is going to shed a bit of a different light on her new processes at Dalhousie. So over to you, Angela. Hi everyone. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to a little bit about what, uh, alluding to what Jill's talking about, we have kind of undertaken a bit of a, um, a hard look, taking a hard look at what uh, we do and, and kind of how we're doing it. Um, we're looking at taking an agency approach within athletics and recreation and that came from kind of going through an evaluation of the role of the marketing communications and events team, which is um, who I am essentially, sorry, there we go, who I am essentially uh, responsible for. So it's not just varsity athletics. Um, I've got a number of different stakeholders involved, like our coaches, our recreation programmers, facility services, membership sales, retention, and things like that. So we're really looking at how we provide support to those groups and we've kind of settled on very similar to what you'd see at an advertising agency or an event group, um, a foundation of using event uh, and program briefs to shape the work we do. And there's also mechanisms within that for evaluation and then sharing information, having conversation with the stakeholders as the process kind of involves. So, one of our first projects we kind of worked on starting on recruitment videos. And so we worked with the women's soccer team as our pilot. Uh, we created a storyboard inspired by the values of the women's soccer team, questions and inquiries from potential student athletes and their parents and the type of student athletes that we wanted to uh, join the team. And so the storyboard consisted of, you know, a lot of things, um, including but not um, limited to, you know, where we are in Canada, what it's like to go be a Dalhousie student, the academic sports that we have, how we celebrate those successes, community involvement, um, the history of success, the fact that we have a, a national team coach, um, newer training facilities and, and those types of things. So really trying to show what the culture was like. And we took a lot of that from um, a presentation that uh, Cindy, who was our soccer coach, kind of put together and we did put together a video and we are kind of just moving into um, the areas of video. And uh, so I wouldn't say that we're experts quite yet, but we've come a long way. So we're pretty proud. I know the players looked at this video and were proud. They thought that it was a good example. It really had meaning to their experience uh, and Cindy's liked it. And um, you've had good response from current student athletes. I and mean, I'll just play it for a second, a little bit of it. 
Yeah, so what uh, we kind of worked with, like we didn't collect all that footage ourselves, obviously the um, team specific things, but we worked with the university with the stuff that they kind of already had on hand. And then we also worked with uh, Halifax and Nova Scotia Tourism to get some of the other stuff in Halifax. Um, and then it's also, so going a, a step further with the recruitment process, we're looking at shifting, well, our presence is on, on our website as well. Before we just had a prospective recruit form. We kind of expected people to know what a prospective recruit form was, but even that language wasn't great. Um, they were confused by it. So we have a join the team tab there now. So we have the access to the video and some of the highlights. And then it kind of goes on to talk about, you know, what it's like to be a student here and the type of, of people that we're looking um, to uh, attract to become Tigers. Awesome. That's great, Angela. I think um, Lance had some more to talk about from all his work at University of Calgary. Yeah, so um, let me start by saying that like recruiting is probably one of my favorite parts of the job because it, it's really a way that we can actually impact the, the final result and to some extent. You know, if we're able to help our coaches uh, grab the next star of the team, I'm, I think that's a really rewarding opportunity for us. So um, the, the two things I want to look at are, one, simplifying the recruiting process. Um, recruiting announcements are almost like a side of the desk thing. Sometimes it feels like because they're just coming at all times of the year. And sometimes it's while we're really busy in the middle of a football class or something like that. Um, and then the next part is just uh, uh, looking at the entire recruiting cycle, um, moving beyond just um, the actual announcements and into um, the, the parts before that that we can actually help with, too. So. Uh, again, I'm going to share my screen here if I can figure out where my Zoom went. Um, so this is one of the first recruiting announcements I wrote when I was a student, and I am glad I don't write these anymore. These are terrible to write because, one, well, if you're lucky and it's hockey, um, there's a bit of research is kind of done for you. You can just go to the league website, but in most cases, you're sending emails back and forth with the coach to try and track down their information, get their quotes, get a picture, and then trying to find things to describe about them because outside of hockey, you're probably struggling to find their stats. So um, let me show you what we do now. Um, this has been the signing day template that I've been using for the last few years, and I'll give a shout out to Queens because I think I originally stole it from them. Um, so basically it's an interaction to the crew start off. Um, these are the graphics that we post on social media, um, either the day of or in the couple of days after, depending on if it's a recruiting announcement that's gonna um, 
happen over a long period of time like football or if it's maybe a sport um, like soccer maybe has 10 kids and that's done for the year um, then we'll do it a little differently so we get past all the names and then there's a roster which is um, I think as a kid I'd be pretty excited if, if I show up and all of a sudden before I even uh, play down I can go click on myself and all my roster information is already there I think that's pretty cool and then just depending on what's going on also COVID, we don't have any schedules or anything. So uh, right now it's just the back end or bottom of it is just um, off-season news and some social media. But um, recently, if you're a sidearm school, you may know that they've done some upgrades to this area, which is really exciting. And so that's got a bit of a refresh. Um, so this is the one that we did for soccer um, just for the holidays. These again are clickable and go to our roster. There's different views too, which are kind of cool. So this is more like your roster type look. And then these are all customizable. So like here we, we put one of our uh, feature videos that we did last year um, or news. And then I filled it in with some um, photos from last year, but um, we also have done it differently depending on the team. So again, soccer was one where we had 10 kids, we made the announcement and then um, but the social media graphics kind of went out in the next couple of days, just so we kind of extend that recruiting period. But with rugby, they're just announcing uh, similar to football, um, one kid a, a week, uh, so to say. So for theirs, um, they have a video that they made up. They have the recruiting class. We decided to do headshots here instead for them. Um, and then instead of the action shots there, we put them here. Um, so there's a bit more they can click on it and it goes to a full on gallery um, that they can go to here. Takes them to another part of our website. And then um, more stories for what's going on. And this one's just another short video. So really customizable, but again, really flashy, simple. Um, for me, when a coach says, hey, I have a recruiting class, it's not this long winded back and forth. It's, hey, I need your position, your name, your hometown, your previous team, and a photo. And it's pretty straightforward, uh, really cuts down on um, how long that process can be for me sometimes. So um, one of the, com the comments I often get from coaches when we talk about this is that, um, well, by getting rid of those longer stories that grandma and grandpa are going to read, you're kind of losing the personal side of uh, the recruiting process. So um, what I suggested to them often is that we can utilize uh, a few different things. So um, with women's hockey, what we did was we just put a, a quote about the entire class at the top of the story. Um, just something to kind of summarize that, you know, we're really excited to welcome them. But the other thing you can do is you can utilize the, the social media posts you'll probably be using with your graphics. So um, I think our women's soccer coach did a really good job with his quotes. But then also, in addition to that, he even um, put a comment in himself. So um, I think that's just a really uh, nice touch um, if you're not going to be writing those longer stories is to really get your coaches involved socially. So um, the, the next part I'll get into now that we're kind of past that, like um, once you've actually signed the kid um, would be just getting into the actual entire recruiting cycle. So we had a meeting with our coaches in the fall just to get a sense of what things they were looking for um, when it came to recruiting, what things we can actually do. So um, the biggest thing that we did was we replaced those old PDF documents that your coaches are probably sending in an email. They're not mobile friendly, um, just really kind of a struggle to really go through. And we decided to embrace Adobe Spark to create some 
um, more mobile friendly um, recruiting information. So here's our men's volleyball one. I'll just kind of quickly run through it so you don't steal all my ideas. So um, just a, a brief welcome. And um, the one thing I should say about this is that um, this isn't me creating all of this material. Like, I really like to emphasize that the coaches are the ones selling the programs. I'm not going to be the one talking to recruits. So I need them to come to me with content in most cases. So this, this was all um, our, our head coach. Um, he kind of gave me the, the nuts and bolts and I kind of placed it in different spots, put the right photos in, found the right links. Um, so most of this stuff is, I'd say about half of it is custom to the team and the other half is pretty much set for each team. So um, if this was for football, they would have the same kind of academic page, maybe a different picture of a, a kid from that year. Most of this is pretty set. Um, we had a thing about the one volleyball league in for, for the men's team that we did last year. Um, I've tried to put like one set thing that's really unique about each team in the middle. So for these guys, it's the fact that we have teams, uh, athletes on the national team that are gonna go to the next Olympics. So really wanted to celebrate that. And then pretty much everything from here on out is what I would put in every single one of these documents for every team. So again, uh, videos, links so that you know we're not filling this thing with too much text that they're just going to stop reading it um, if they really want to learn more about different programs they can do so stuff about our faculty residents another link and then just kind of into what the recruiting process looks like scholarships that are available to them they can learn more again if they need to and then what the process is so um, really simplifying this so that, you know, when the coach comes to me next year and says, hey, I need to update this, all I'm doing is really looking for the changes in cost to admission and recruiting or, and to residents, um, and then just any kind of different pictures or if any of the coaches have changed, um, really cutting down on a lot of the work that this could potentially be if it weren't for this. That's awesome. Uh, thanks, guys. I like how slowly you went through that, Lance, because I will likely steal a lot of that. Thank you very much. Um, we do have some uh, questions in the chat. I'll start with the ones about recruiting because that's what we just talk, talked about. Um, Jim from Ryerson asked, Angela, did you do a recruiting video for every team following the women's soccer video format? We are in that process right now. We did start with a general um, recruitment video because it is something that we haven't, we didn't have a a fresh brand. And I think part of our problem before was we looked at it as it had to be something that was, you know, that you make it and then it stays out there forever. Like it was like, it had to be quote unquote completed. Um, but we've kind of shifted our thoughts on that and that, you know, we can just drop in different um, pieces of video. Like if we get a really nice, you know, a new clip. Um, so we can keep, we don't have to update the whole thing um, every year, but we can throw in different pieces to make it a little more fresh and updated so it's not as I don't see it as being that big an arduous task for the future um, my graphic designer who's the one that builds the videos may say something different but <laughs> from my perspective so we did do a general one and then we piloted women's soccer we've done men's soccer the storyboard we went through the storyboard process uh, we have a brand new coach there so you know there are some things that we're not going to talk about you know we can't talk about accolades because this coach doesn't necessarily have any at least not within the AUS and, and U sports 
uh, landscape yet. But, you know, as we talk about him having a fresh focus and, and the things that he wants to achieve with the team and, and the things that are going. So, I mean, I think there is, there is some similarities in, you know, some of the basic parts of each of these videos, but our intention is by September to have a video in place for each team. We've been doing, going in, we've been very fortunate to have training opportunities during the pandemic for the most part from August onwards with a few little breaks and, and um, size issues. So we've spent a lot of time going into the high performance room uh, where you saw some of the individualized athlete stuff and work on collecting that and then collecting some stuff from practices and then using um, action footage from the previous year. And so we do have a plan. We're hoping by September to have. Answer that. Um, yeah. So I was of um, kind of the senior content to person. Um, our department, our marketing person is kind of in that middle and um, she provided me with a bit of suggest. So um, the evaluation she recommended at first and then really looking at um, so, you know, if depending on what kind of um, platform you're using, so let's take Instagram, for example, uh, an account that only gets likes and comments um, isn't going to provide the same value as one that potentially has, you know, posts being saved and, and shared through stories or private messages. So, um, yeah, the impressions, engagement, those would be the ones I'd be looking at most. And yeah, anything you can provide to those sponsors. Um, the one that I've always struggled with is click-throughs. Um, they always want to see how many people actually go onto their website or to their page after. And that's one I really have a hard time with. All right. Um, a question from Chris Cameron at Ontario Tech for Spencer. When Yuck Yucks opened here, we used your example to try and get them on board here. And then COVID happened for this season. Does someone tell you to put that on a graphic or did you push the social content to the businesses yourself? Yeah, so that one is a, um, because it's a longer term relationship, that one kind of came from the very start of everything uh, with, with the team coming back. But it's, for them, we've, our relationship's always been really good. Um, and it's been more of a, this is what we can offer and, and what makes sense for them is, you know, the it's not always going to be, it's whatever fits kind of their thing. So if, if it's not a goal or a whatever, then player of the game is a good one that they don't necessarily, uh, I don't think they care much which one we're putting them on, but it's more so we're saying, hey, we're going to put you on one thing that we're posting and we're going to post it every single game. Win, loss, doesn't matter, like it's going to go up. And that's been important for just having the consistency and it's an easy one for the follow through, like to make sure that they're, that's a quick check if it's the owner that's checking in to be like, oh yeah, it did get posted. And we did kind of briefly have it on some of our other teams too, but uh, men's hockey has been the main kind of consistent one with it. So um, yeah, hasn't been a specific, um, like, please, can we have this on player of the game? But it's been, um, it's kind of been like, here's, here's the options that you can have. Uh, and that one's been a been one that has been consistent for the last couple of years. Awesome. A question about the player of the game uh, from Earl at McGill. Do typical player of the game sponsorships results in a gift certificate for the player, or are they more of a revenue generator for the athletic department or the team? For us, it's it is more of a just a. I don't even know how much revenue. That's not necessarily my my area, but um, more so is just kind of a a part of the agreement, not necessarily benefiting the player. Like we obviously do get coupons and, and passes and stuff as a part of the deal, like for Yuck Yucks, but um, I don't think it's 
consistently been here giving the player something i know like the aus has the subway like where they get the gift card and stuff but that hasn't been the case for us but maybe in the future okay and we have a great question from christian at south dakota state uh what does international sorry this is for angela and lance back to recruiting what does international student recruiting process look like in canada at south dakota state they have a large population of athletes from outside of the united states is there much of a push for recruiting international students at Canadian universities? And how does that process differ from recruiting domestic students? So not being part of the actual recruiting process, it's a bit of a hard one for me to answer, but um, we do have a good population of international students. I would say we probably see that more than women's basketball than anywhere, just because we have a coach who's from Great Britain. Um, he he's uh, an interesting one for me to talk about recruiting because like he really is into like the different pockets that you're doing with recruiting you know for him you know it, it's it's local calgary kids it's you know it's and across canada you have the the bounce bats from the ncaa and then you also do have this international market and so um talking with him you know it, it's a challenge because you know you put together a document like the, the adobe spark i said i showed you guys and um you know it's almost like you know do you create one that really sells to all or are you potentially looking at three different ones that are going to say different things for each uh, recruiting kind of could you be looking at yeah and kind of further to that i know at dalhousie we too have a very large international um population as a as a student body in general uh it's typically more asian uh versus say american uh but in the um and then we have a large population coming from toronto which you know, Upper Canada is like its own country too, right? So <laughs> I digress. But um, one thing that we aren't necessarily most of the time, so those international students coming in, there's a couple of ways that they kind of fall into our web. And I wouldn't say that we have a, a large number of international student athletes um, playing on varsity teams. The ones that we do end up, you know, usually tend to come from uh, a connection from you know, uh, scouts or people who are connected to uh, our current head coaches, former head coaches or players who have gone on to play professionally in Europe and then have an interaction, um, you know, with a, a student athlete who's looking to make a change so then they'll kind of come over. The issue that we run into at Dalhousie is that international student athletes don't get a break on international tuition. So we're paying the full um, money. So if you're bringing in a full, um, AFA student or an athletic financial award student, they um, were paying for all of that, you know, for a domestic student it is nowhere, you know, an international student is like double, triple what that comes in. So when, with some of our sports, you run into issues with having caps on your athletic financial agreement. So I, I wouldn't say that our primary source is certainly not international student athlete recruiting. It's more local um, to the Atlantic Canada and then a little further out, but there are athletes, you know, students who are go to recruitment things like our, our recruitment, the university recruitment staff are really great about so we give them a lot of information about athletics. So we feel they're pretty good advocates when they're out over the world um, out recruiting. So the connections come in, but again, it's, it's certainly not our bread and butter. Go ahead, Abby. Um, just to follow up on that question at the University of Toronto, we don't necessarily change our recruiting materials. The coaches just adjust it differently. So they on their end 
do likely more of the adjusting to the international and or American students. If they need us to tweak a deck or tweak a, a, um, an asset or something to provide them, we can do that. And, but it's likely a small tweak. It's not anything. We don't make separate decks and separate um, pieces for international versus domestic versus our neighbors to the south and the Americas. So um, just to answer that question, the, the decks looks very similar, but sometimes they'll present it just a little bit differently on however they need to discuss it or what points they want to push with an international student. All right, thanks, MB. Um, we'll move on to our last topic of, a of the day, which is all about recognition. Angela is going to share how Dalhousie adapted to recognition during the pandemic, while Spencer is going to touch on a different recognition event and how those tactics can be applied elsewhere. So back to you, Angela. Okay, um, yes, back to... Mm, uh oh. I feel like I mucked that up. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> Let's try again. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, so recognition. So obviously last year was um, like everyone, we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants, trying to figure out exactly what to um, do to recognize all of these uh, student athletes. So we, there we go. Um, so we tried to cram, well, not cram, actually, we took a, a week and we looked at recognizing um, all of the awards that we do in a typical season that normally takes place at a, at a three hour banquet um, for 400 people. Um, so our awards, just to summarize, we do an MVP for each team. We have a Dow Athlete of the Year, a Rookie of the Year, um, Male and Female Presidents Awards. We honor graduating student athletes. We do a three-year D, which is uh, a really old award actually that back when schools had three-year um, degrees it was more like it's kind of like getting your your class letter and, and things like that our volunteers assistant coaches trainers um, yada 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 so figuring out how to do all that so we went back and looked at the script from um, you know what we what we normally cover uh, we looked at the awards and the recipients we determined what assets we already had and what we needed to make and then we kind of built a framework about what was included in each video or a slideshow and we kind of assigned the tasks and then we were kind of off and running. So we set up a, a schedule of what that looked like. And again, this all kind of went out socially and on our website, um, looking to kind of have a, a culmination that builds up like to the major awards at the, um, that we typically have at the end of our year end banquet. And so from a social media perspective, these were our top performing posts. Um, our Instagram was our uh, uh, coach of the year. Uh, there are a few typos in here, so please forgive those. We were kind of going at mass fury <laughs> and working on crappy internet from people's apartments. So, um, so it was our men's youth um, sports coach of the year. And that photo was taken at a graduating athlete ceremony earlier. Um, our top Facebook posts, the moms were really pumped about seeing those girls get their three-year Ds on the women's hockey team. And on Twitter, again, uh, hockey, or uh, sorry, men's basketball coach of the year 
uh, the our coach of the year sorry it was our men's basketball coach um that got a lot of play there and funny enough our top instagram commented post was uh about our trainers of the year versus uh any of the athletes so in our top video was about national recognition but we're getting short on time so i'm not going to play that one for you uh, so some metrics. Now I want to qualify this by, you know, saying that we've really, since that IMG had done that um, assessment on social media, we've really kind of tried to refocus our efforts. And obviously, we know we don't have anything to compare this to because when we do our uh, a recap on our awards, normally before the pandemic, it's just a story at the end of the week. Plus, we put out a bunch of posts of photos on social media the night as the awards are being awarded, but certainly never any um, anything to this degree. So I basically put in a comparison so you could see the engagement we had during awards week and then an average engagement week uh, for each one. So the big thing, as I mentioned before, we're just kind of getting into video really. Um, and we kind of signed on with a program called Wibbits and it's uh, something that the um, our central communications and marketing team uses and a number of different faculties and departments have all kind of bought in to share in the cost to have that provided and so it's very template driven you can just kind of drop in and and move things so it, it made making some of these videos a lot easier but we our uh, youtube video views were up 882 percent over the uh, the previous 30 days so it was uh it was quite something to see again, knowing that we don't really have anything to compare to, but we will have some of those comparisons for this year. So this year obviously is very different. We don't have stats and highlights like we did uh, last year because we had a whole season that we could take from, you know, it was just the cancellation of women's volleyball, men's hockey and, uh, and that, but everything was more or less done. But as I mentioned earlier as well, we had a very unique opportunity to actually still have some meaningful training opportunities quite regularly, like every day for our students. Like they didn't really skip a beat as far as having opportunities to get into the gym uh, or into the high performance room or onto the ice or the pool or what may ha what you have. So we really wanted to, you know, it's not easy for them to train and, and you know, keep focused on something without, you know, games to look forward to and that kind of thing. So we came up with two new awards. One was our greatest gain. So it was essentially a, a better way of saying most improved player, um, you know, so it could be like a weight room warrior or, you know, someone who up their vertex in volleyball or, you know, just really, really did improve. And then we had a tiger of the year, you know, for someone who, instead of an MVP, but, you know, was really focused on training and trying to grow the team and, and create connections. Uh, our trainers were a huge part of the success this year with all the COVID protocols and still keeping people um, going. Our coach of the year normally goes to a varsity coach, um, but this year it's going to be our strength and conditioning coach, but that's a secret. Don't tell them. And, and then volunteerism. The other big thing that we wanted to make sure that we really straight home um, for is to thank this senior administration and the return to campus committee for allowing us the opportunity to do that. So we are planning, um, you know, kind of a series of videos and, and or slideshows. So the th we're in the process of recording all these messages right now, but it's just a series of like one liner clips coming from our student athletes and the coaches directed at the return to campus, senior administration, registrar's office, um, staff within athletics and recreation, you know, custodians doing all the cleaning, things like that, team videos, 
are more about the coaches, you know, talking, you know, a few lines about how challenging the season was. It's not easy running that 14 different ways <laughs> with saying COVID 14 different ways. Uh, but we're still going to do our three-year D recipients, our Tiger of the Year and the Greatest Gains. And again, like I mentioned, Coach of the Year, Strength and Conditioning and Volunteerism, you know, a series of one-line thank you messages from coaches and student athletes put together specific to our physiotherapy clinic, our intern performance coaches, um, trainers, and, and things like that. So a very similar looking schedule. We're going to kick things off with um, that thank you to the senior administration graduating athletes and then our eye of the tiger award is is what we it's a award that we give to people who are focused in the face of adversity so you know someone who's had a career-ending injury but still contributes to the team like it's we don't mandate giving them out but we are giving out a few more this year um you know i think and again little just little messages like one two three lines from a number of different people to, to kind of put together into a video and um, yeah, that's essentially it. So I think we'll be able to draw some comparisons with some of the success we had last year. Again, knowing we don't have, you know, the flash of, of um, you know, highlights of MVPs and things like that. But um, I'm looking forward. I like the, the process that we've set out. We wrote a whole event brief on it with the goals and objectives, what we wanted to achieve. We're getting buy-in from the coaches and, um, Chelsea and Christine, two members of my team, are kind of going full throttle on that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like uh, come April 5th. Awesome. Thanks, Angela. Over to you, Spencer. All right. So in a very different uh, area of recognition, um, I'm going to be talking about some of our um, activity around Black History Month um, this past February. Uh, let me just share my screen here. Okay, so um, the key thing, just to, to give an overview, uh, the way that I kind of look at this and what we look at it with, uh, with us at, at Ottawa, we kind of see that there's the performance-based versus narrative-based recognition. Um, this, specifically when we're talking about Black History Month, we're kind of focusing more on the narrative side, um, growth, experience, community, uh, et cetera. What we were able to do is through through the process of getting to this, there was a big increase in the connection points that we had with our student athletes, coaches, alumni, staff, particularly our black um, community overall. And, and that was obviously in the wake of, of last uh, last late spring and early summer and, and, and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and, and the uh, Black Lives Matter protests. It was a, uh, a time where I know a lot of people across the country probably uh, in these types of jobs had a, had, a tough, uh, had a lot of tough conversations on how we find a place within it and how we comment on it and um, the level of support that we can give our athletes. And obviously I think a lot of different people dealt with it different ways. And we, um, we, it, was, it was a great opportunity to, to get to a connection point with our black community um, and over the course of the months into the, the school year and into the, the winter time, um, a lot of development in the creation of our Black Student, um, student Athlete uh, Advocacy uh, Council. Uh, and just kind of in talking with them, we got to a point where we knew we could do more and Black History Month was sitting right there as a time that we could really ensure that we handle it, um, handle it in a, in a really nice way and, and tell a lot of different stories. So one of the pieces was uh, that last point there, asking how do you want to be recognized, highlighted, celebrated? 
those are that that's kind of a point that we don't get to have as frequently when it comes to uh, you know MVPs or athletes of the year and those kinds of things. Those are done in a in a standard way for the most part, and and it's based on performance and you know some tangibles. But uh, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a big social question behind it, whereas there was in this case. And and this was uh, you know a lot of really really great meetings and a lot of. Um, time spent uh, gathering stories and gathering videos and all these kinds of things from from our black community, uh, alumni, students, staff, everybody else, right? So that was a really, really cool piece of it. Um, and I think that it paid off for us. So um, overall, the theme was kind of meeting uh, the past meeting present uh, and, and together informing the future. And that was uh, spread throughout all of the different kind of content that we had. Um, and ensuring that we we did it, we took our time to really focus on Black history, uh, and the significance of of uh, the Black community in, in Ottawa and and with us, uh, and over the course of of you know as far as we could reach back to to tell some of these stories, um, as well as taking it to current day and talking about some of the things that are going on now. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm what I'm saying there. Wide range of sports eras tones. Um, it's not all you know it's not about uh it's not all celebration it's not all negativity it's not all you know it's a very wide range a lot of it's talking about success post uh careers and it's it's just it's not centered only on success around what they did on the field of play um but also about whether it's uh fighting through adversity or an interesting story or uh you know what their career path has been afterwards or where they came from and and, and those kinds of things that's what we were able to really have a diverse set of content throughout the month, uh, videos, written content, audio, photos, Instagram lives. Uh, so we were able to kind of, you know, dip it in all kinds of different ways to, uh, to, to spread it out. So uh, I'll get to some examples here. Just a second, there we go. Okay, so our opening video here was um, kind of what we introduced. There is no present without past. Uh, sorry, there's no future without present. There's no present without past. Um, in that kind of, we had we had uh, two of our student athletes um, that are a part of the the Black Student Athlete uh, Advocacy Council that we announced later on in the month. Uh, they performed kind of a spoken word piece uh, talking about different things and obviously cut it in with different clips uh, throughout. Um, and this got a really, really great response, an awesome way to kick off the month. Um, but like I said, we're trying to touch on multiple different kinds of, of things here, right? So this was a really, um, you know, there's there's a, a lot of talk about, um, you know, where where this is coming from, but also where it's going. And that's, that's the way that we wanted to kick it off. So really happy with how that one came out. Um, got into some of this this was we had the chance to connect with the first women's basketball coach in program history uh jen elliott was able to talk with him on the phone and exchange you know uh, talks with him from uh he's in his 80s now uh but has a super interesting story coming from the states and and transferring to i believe he played at acadia and then eventually moved to ottawa and started our women's basketball program as the first head coach so somebody that we didn't even really know was in in the network at all and we were able to connect with and actually talk to uh, and build that that point that was really awesome and luckily the archives had a great photo of them from back then so um this we had uh some of our black student athletes uh talk about their their you know influential figures for them 
Uh, this one's about Serena Williams. Uh, There's a couple of different ones, uh, all you know, different kinds of celebrities or historical figures. Um, and uh, we were able to get those out on IGTV throughout and then kind of did a bigger wrap up video um, at the end. Uh, this, the, one of the, probably the most fun things that we did was uh, we had one of our football players, one of our football coaches, and then um, somebody who does, he hosts some of our games and he's kind of a comedian in the, the uh, online. He, uh, they did a Instagram live cooking uh, soup jumu, which is a Haitian soup. So this is obviously there's a large Haitian population in Ottawa and a lot of our, our black student athletes are Haitian. So we wanted to, to have this. And so if you guys can see here, there's take through some of the ingredients and, um, you know, the, the difference. So he's, you know, at home cooking this and then made sure that it was all prepared before we eventually went live. And um, it was a, a great conversation all around um, the importance of Haiti and, and being uh, one of the, the black, first black nation to, uh, to gain liberation and uh, why the soup is important and how it wasn't allowed to be eaten and those kinds of things. So really, really awesome conversation. It was really fun. And we had some comments around it that were surprised that they were able, that we were able to have that kind of open conversation on a, an athletics platform like this. Um, moving forward, uh, Past Meets Present was a three-part podcast series that we had uh, where former athletes uh, come back and talk to some of our current athletes. So these are two track athletes. So Shagun McKinde was, he went to the Olympics twice. He went to London and Rio while he was a student athlete with us and um, just getting a chance to talk to Stephanie about police um, on some of those experiences. This isn't centered necessarily only on around black history. It's about just what it was, was like to, to do that. And then of course they touched on that later. So he's got some some good reactions. Um, then we had a big announcement of our Black Student Athlete Advocacy Council, as I mentioned. So uh, we did this as like a Family Matters uh, video uh, intro where we had, you know, each of them kind of do these fun. And this was a really like lighthearted, obviously some of the content was a little bit heavier over the course of the, uh, the month, but this one was a fun example of how we could mix in. It was kind of slapped together, not you know, not the the highest quality, but did what we can with what we had, and and it really actually paid off nicely. So, um, yeah. Anyways, that was a fun one. Uh, what else do we got? Some on Twitter. Uh, we did a couple of threads on these ones. weren't necessarily we didn't get a chance to talk to to everybody, but we did get a chance to connect with uh, with different alumni and tell their stories a little bit and specifically if it if it kind of related to some of the things going on at the time uh football program did these graphics with their uh celebrating the diversity within their their own community so where they're from you know positions some quotes and uh what they're studying coaches alumni everything so that was cool and then we capped it off with the most successful thing that we did uh, numbers wise don't look at the youtube we did not promote it so 33 views is not that does not represent the, the response we got on it. Uh, so I'll play this quickly if we can. We know why the cage bird sings. We're reminded of it every day. When black athletes find it harder to be athletes and their rights to play are taken Nine away. T-shirts protesting the quarterback. One t-shirt read, shut up and stand up Kaepernick. We know why the cage bird sings. When at first glance, we're only seen for our physicality or as victims of circumstance. 
But that bird, like our people, adapts to survive. And luckily for us, we don't just survive, we, we thrive. Notre passion et notre pouvoir ne sont pas une affaire de moi. Nos connaissances, notre beauté et notre entraide, partout autour du monde, on les voit. Avec le leadership de LeBron, la vitesse de Tommy Smith et le courage de Serena Williams, nous continuerons à marcher la tête haute, bras par-dessus dessous, jusqu'à ce que nos voix soient entendues par milliers. We are the next generation. We cannot move alone. Our allies by our side, together rebuilding our home. The GG is the first force out of the gate. As GGs, we must be the first to not show hate. And that bird will sing again. Fly free of the cage and the stereotypes. Alongside, Alongside a GG, using sport to unite. Okay. So that one was that. Um, so that one got a really, it was, it was a great way to tie off the, the end of it, um, the end of the month and kind of push the conversation. That's where we were able to kind of reintroduce the, the importance of allyship as well as um, move forward with um, overall, just continuing the conversation past February every year and, and spreading it out across the year. Uh, very quickly, because I know we're right at the end, I will just throw some numbers up here. Uh, so we did about, probably about 40 to 50 posts across main and team accounts uh, over the course of the month. Uh, I focused on Instagram response. Uh, our accounts were pretty quiet over the past year, not a lot of content. So this was a big push of, of content. So uh, you can see some of those numbers there. Super happy to see, you know, 37,000 uh, accounts reached, 41,000 impressions, 25,000 video views over the course of the month. Um, and, and really just kind of 12 pieces of, of content that we had on Instagram. So happy with that for the most part. And uh, I think it was a really, really important opportunity to, to recognize, um, really devote our recognition to, to our Black community for, for the course of the month and uh, helps give us some things to do over the, the next little bit. Awesome, Spencer. Thanks so much. And that video did do really well. It had over 8,000 views on Instagram. So the 33 views on YouTube, don't look at that for sure. Uh, we have a quick question. I know we're almost wrapping up here. We have a quick question from Catherine at Concordia. Um, how much does the communications department drive a recognition initiative like a Black History Month or even like a Shoot for the Cure um, initiative at your schools? Does that come from the communications department or the teams more so? Uh, for for our in that instance, it was pretty much all through us um, and our us and marketing comms sports information marketing. Um, that was mainly the way that we did it. Obviously, some of the some of our community and fan engagement would get more involved in some of the shoot for the cure, the events based stuff. That'd be the events team and, and community and fans. So, in these ones where we're mostly focusing on social media, um, it's pretty much just com like sports information, communications, and marketing. I'll add to that too, though, Catherine. Like when we were we had a session last week getting this together, and our conversation kind of quickly steered into things like social responsibility, social justice, and you know how, um, how we manage that at, um, 
at that level, you know, like all of our team, all of our women's teams want to have some kind of a, a pink initiative of a game and it's becoming, it's not that the things aren't worthy, but it's how do you manage to put together seven of those in addition to all the other sports information type activities and, and things like that that you have going on. And it's something that I've broached with our um, athletic director in terms of, I mean, we have a whole content calendar, right? Like International Women's Day, Canadian Women's Day, like there's so many things out there that we can um, just provide lip service to, right? To, to be part of the group of, or part of the celebrations. But there are certain things that I think like Black History Month, like we elected when I sat down with my director, and I was like, you know what, like it's a few days away from Black History Month and we haven't done anything. So we elected not to really do anything because we didn't want to, our focus, you know, during even Black Lives Matter when, when the movement really um, took off um, in the spring and summer of last year was about making changes, internal changes and, and programming changes and, and things for athletes versus, you know, just kind of talking about it on social media. So I think the next step is really kind of determining, you know, what things from that annual content calendar, whether it's Black History Month or, you know, International Women's Day or Indigenous Peoples Month, um, you know, whatever it is that has impact. I think that there should be more done for that, but finding a way to actually do that rather than just kind of putting paying at lip service is, is something that we're challenged with. And I'm, I'm assuming that probably a lot of others are thinking the same way. Awesome. Thank you, guys. If there aren't any more questions, I'll just uh, wrap up here. We really appreciate all of the work that Angela, Spencer, and Lance did to put this excellent presentation together. Over 50 people is another awesome showing, so we appreciate you all taking the time to log on. Our goal is to provide these monthly webinars, so please feel free to reach out and let us know if there's anything in particular you want to hear about. The next one we're going to do is scheduled for Thursday, April 22nd. Uh, at the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern, and is going to touch on event efficiencies with uh, Lisa Mitten from Windsor. Following that, we have our COSIDA Divisional Day on May 27th, and then the COSIDA Virtual Convention will run from June 7th to 10th this year. So again, feel free to reach out to any of us if you have any questions from about anything today. We really appreciate you logging on. Uh, a big thank you to Angela, Spencer, and Lance, and we hope you have a great day. Thanks, everybody.